episode 94 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast, closing in on 100. This podcast was created because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Our big story this week, the deal to sell land around the new baseball stadium in Wichita, 24 acres, including West Bank Riverfront property to be sold to the team and other developers for a dollar an acre. The mayor says the team won't come if the dollar an acre deal isn't signed, but much of the concern about the deal isn't necessarily price, it's the way the deal was made public. Not much time to consider the pros and cons before it went to the city council. Reporter Daniel McCoy wrote the big story for the weekly edition, and he and associate editor Kirk Seminoff joined me to talk about the deal on this week's podcast. Also in the weekly edition, WSU Tech President Sherry Utash shares with us a guest column. She's a member of the American Workforce Policy Advisory Board. She had her first meeting at the White House this week. Her column is on page three. This week, we spent 10 minutes with Jason Itutis. He's a retired Air Force Colonel who is now CEO of the Rock Regional Hospital in Derby. He talks about his time in the military, his college basketball career, and his career change to healthcare executive, page 23. This week's top 25 lists the area's largest manufacturing firms, ranked by number of full-time employees, Spirit Era Systems, at the top, of course, 12,500, Textron Aviation second at 9,200, and Bombardier Learjet third at 1,500. We should note that Johnson Controls didn't respond to our request for information. That list starts on page 7. Check out our lead section, Building Permits, New Corporations. That listing alone could turn into new customers for you. Real estate transactions, new lawsuits, who owes back taxes and mechanics liens, Lots of good, useful information. It starts this week on page 20. Back in a moment to talk more about the baseball stadium land deal right after this. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Business Journal reporter Daniel McCoy is with me, as is associate editor Kirk Seminoff. Thanks for being with me, guys. Let's establish some foundation here. The city of Wichita announced that the New Orleans baby cakes would be moving to Wichita. The mayor described how the team wanted to be able to develop the land around the ballpark. It wasn't really a surprise. But earlier this week, we learned about a deal for that land. Kirk, it seems like you found out about this first. When did you find it, and what was your initial reaction to it? Well, late every week we try to find the city council agenda on their website to see what's coming up, to see if there are any surprises. And last week the agenda would not load for anyone, not just us. Right. And come to find out there was a, an agenda item on the sale of this land, 24 acres, which is four acres of development, uh, on the agenda. And we found out on Monday and got to writing about it. Uh, and then it, it caused some surprise because an item like that that's on the West, you know, you're talking about West Bank property. Right. For it to just appear on an agenda and then be voted on by the city council four days later is a bit of a surprise. And I think 
everyone, whether there's a website problem or not, feels like there's a transparency problem with just that small of a, of a lead time. Right. And that's not usually the, the case. When they do something, they usually have something perhaps on first reading. They talk about it and then put it on the, uh, the agenda for a decision later on. But this was up for a vote that Tuesday, this Tuesday. I likened it. I was talking with one city council member, and I likened it to just suddenly noticing that there's an agenda item on the demolition of Century 2. It's right. not something you take care of in four days. You get the word out, and you, you request public comment, like right. they are doing for Century 2 now. Right. Or have done. So, Daniel, describe that deal for us. What are the details of this deal, and how does it work? Right. So, uh, the city owns 24 acres uh, at the, the stadium site, former Lawrence Dumont Stadium. Generally south of Douglas and north of Maple, with the church and that land that George Laham owns, that's not part of this parcel, right? Right, right. So um, after they had uh, kind of finalized the ballpark layout, that will sit on about uh, 16 acres, the city said. The city will retain another about three and a half acres of roads, infrastructure, and like direct riverfront uh, access. And then after that, from that parcel, that left a little over four acres for uh, private development. So that's what's being sold um, at the at the price of a dollar an acre. And um, from what uh, the city has said since, this was part of the talks going all the way back. Right. From, from the start of t- trying to uh, uh, woo the baby cakes from New Orleans to Wichita. And we've learned in recent months as well that there were talks in the past with the Amarillo team. Um, so uh, I don't know what was offered in that, but they say that this this had been part of the deal from the start. Um, I think, as Kirk uh, alluded to in the issue of transparency, um, being the kind of the big question on everyone's mind, what what they've said now is that this portion of the deal, as were other parts, um, they're covered under some negotiation confidentiality rules by minor league baseball. And this one was in flux. This deal, according to uh, Mayor Longwell, told us this week that even at the time of the relocation announcement, the city was still working, trying to get um, the total land down from what apparently the club had been asking for originally. So they were still negotiating this deal, and that's why it hadn't been publicly known yet. But there's still the issue of, okay, even after it's publicly known, like you say, four days to a vote, that's awful quick right. on, on something like that. And when you say they were trying to get the, the, the deal down a bit, are you talking about the number of acres or the, the amount of land? That's what we were told, yes, that right. they, were, they were seeking more than four acres. Um, there are, uh, we don't know originally how many they were trying to get. There is some information in the city documents that, that came out in association with this that indicates um, up to nine acres had been in discussion at, at some point, and there's some, some caveats to future development that we can talk about as well um, that, that might give them a little more, even than just that a uh, little over four acres that's uh, uh, at the heart of what's happening right now. You talked about uh, the rules from minor league baseball. Folks locally, according to the mayor, were told, don't talk about any of this deal until some point. And, it, of course, it came out this week. But uh, you were able to find some some verification of that in your reporting after the uh, print 
piece went to bed, right? Yes. We, I had requested a comment from minor league baseball's front office um, earlier in the week and, and did not receive a response until uh, late Wednesday afternoon, which is after our publication um, for the print product, but it, it's in some items that we've had subsequently online. But they do confirm that as part of uh, the permission that the president of minor league baseball grants between uh, a team and a community to enter negotiations, that those negotiations remain confidential. And in this case, um, what we're being told is that there were, and this from the mayor as well as uh, Lou Schweckheimer, the managing principal owner of the team, that there were kind of multiple avenues of this deal all kind of moving at a different clip. And um, so that's why you had the relocation come in at one time, but the land deal was still being talked about. Um, Longwell said that, you know, the city felt confident they would get to where they wanted to be with that and that that's where they are now and that's that's why we're seeing it now. But minor league baseball did uh, say they do they do impose some some confidentiality rules on communities and, and teams um, that are in negotiations. So. so we found out about it. Some other media outlets found about it. There was discussion, obviously, on social media about how quickly this came around. So we get to Tuesday morning. It's the day of the meeting. What happens at that point? Well, um, the, the item, I, news had gotten out, and I think because they, they said because of the website problems, not because of the four days of lead time, that they were likely going to postpone a vote, or postpone discussion. Uh, they did have some people, they did read the, they did have the presentation for the proposal. Uh, six or seven people from the community did come out and speak. Uh, didn't necessarily have a problem with the deal itself, but had a problem with the transparency involved. Right, right. So as expected, they did delay the decision. And since then, they have scheduled a town hall uh, on social media where they will hopefully be able to a- answer some questions from the community. I just hope they're the right questions. I mean, right. getting back to the minor league baseball statement, if you look at that statement, I think the spirit of that statement talks more about an agreement to relocate between a club and a city. We had that mm-hmm. announced last September. So at that point, I think if Mayor Longwell or the city negotiators, the city manager's office, had wanted to say, and as a piece of this, they say they're coming, and as a piece of this, we're negotiating riverfront property to sell to them. I don't think that would have broken the spirit of that minor league baseball um, decree. Right. I think that would have been fine, yeah. and I think it would have taken care of a lot of transparency problems. I think so, too. I, I was just about to say I, I don't think it would have, as you say, broken the spirit of, of how that rule's been worded to us, but also I don't think it would have dampened anybody's enthusiasm for the overall deal itself. So just an issue of timing on that. We had discussed doing a different story for the – Uh, main story, the Wichita Business Journal print edition, the weekly edition this week, and decided to, this was, we decided it was important enough that we we changed gears and uh, you had to put together your story pretty quickly, uh, basically Tuesday and part of Wednesday morning. So you work on your your centerpiece for the weekly edition. What did your reporting tell you for that story? Mainly that 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 there was concern about the transparency and in fairness to to the city council, uh, they voted uh, unanimously to postpone the vote until March 19th. And I think they all uh, acknowledged uh, 
the, you know, the, the need for transparency. Um, but the main issue uh, was that transparency and some of the numbers involved with uh, some of the, the tax financing in the district around the stadium that basically the idea is that consumers spending in that area, that, you know, portions of that money go back to help pay off the $75 million stadium. There, you know, still some, some questions about the projections, I think on, on that they're projecting just this, just this commercial development. And then the remainder of that 24 acres that, that the city owns, they're projecting that to pay back, uh, about 38.5 million. Um, so that's more than half of, of that stadium cost. And then Longwell, he, he expects, you know, that this is a catalyst for other development in the site. You know, you mentioned some other land that's right there. Um, other land in the district that's covered by those funding mechanisms. They're saying, you know, they anticipate that would be as much as three times higher than, than that number. But there, there are some folks, um, that, that wonder, you know, if those projections, if, that area has got to be pretty busy to generate that kind of money. Right. So that, that was an issue as well. And, and, but that goes again, just to the transparency and giving the time, uh, I think the public wanted to have to, to get some more information and, and provide appropriate feedback to the, to the city as well. Who were some of your sources for the story? Um, I talked with, uh, after the council meeting, I talked with, uh, Todd Ramsey of apples and arrows. He was one that voiced some concerns. Um, you know, anytime a, somebody takes time out of their day to, you know, go down to city council meeting and, and voice concerns, you know, um, he had some, some logical ones, talked to several council members, talked, uh, quite a lot actually with, uh, the, the, with, uh, Lou Schweckheimer, uh, who we mentioned earlier and, you know, his take again was just that there and were, he's the managing partner of the ownership group for the yes. New Orleans baby cakes, which is yes. moving to Wichita. Yes. And I think one of the interesting points he made to us was, um, there'd been some talk at the council meeting about any personal guarantees. Um, the, the city and the mayor responded that in terms of guarantees, what they have are performance guarantees, because if the development group doesn't, uh, follow some benchmarks that are built into the language, then the city gets, um, the land back at the same price, uh, that it was sold at. The fear there is that that slows development that, you know, then the city would have to turn and pretty quickly try and find another development option there. Um, but Schweckheimer says he thinks that that's uh, actually a good deal for the city in the long run because he he says in his opinion that that means that the team and this development group that uh, we don't know all the members of that yet, but we do know it involves team ownership, that that means they take on the entire development risk and that the city doesn't, you know, isn't standing to lose anything if they don't follow through. But he also was uh, pretty adamant that they it, it's part of their business model really to follow through with that development because that helps drive some revenue for them that in turn helps him keep ticket prices lower which is something he says he's wanted to to do to try and make the ballpark an affordable outing for you know an entire family to go to so he 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 gave uh, as ba uh, uh, basically a personal assurance, at least to me, that they would be hitting those benchmark items. So um, he's obviously uh, uh, vested in you know the team being successful and right. everything around the park being successful. Um, so, but he felt like um, he understood the transparency issue as well, and he was uh, all for 
taking the needed time and giving people an opportunity to learn more and feed, uh, give feedback as well. But um, he just kind of expressed that same excitement that he's had in talking with us for, for several months now about what the, what the plans around the ballpark are and what it could mean for the city as well. Why don't we know who else is part of the development team? Uh, part of it is he, he wants local ownership to be about 10% of this group. And in some conversations I had with the president of Wichita Baseball, Jay Miller, he actually handles the baseball side of it, uh, the operations side. Those, those names haven't, those people haven't been finalized yet. Okay. Uh, I mean, they have some ideas. I, I'm assuming it'll be some people we've heard of, obviously, before. But I don't think that's that's not set in stone yet. The other 90%, we just don't know yet. So it's not that they're there and they're not telling us. It's that they're not completely done with the process of, right. of finding out who uh, who will be a part of that development group. Right. Okay. You wrote the big story for the weekly edition. You've updated readers on the website since then. What else have you learned? Um, just following up on, on again, uh, the take of the city and the team that you know minor league baseball was kind of in charge of keeping you know keeping these things a little quieter than than uh they would have wanted them to be right um also uh just digging in a little deeper on on some information that ha has come out as a result of this with some of the city documents including um there's a opportunity in the future for this group to buy an additional uh 2.63 acres um, be just north of Drury uh, Hotel. Okay. Um, it's a parking lot right now. Right. Um, but that's where the city said, uh, because it hadn't been able to provide what it said were seven to nine acres anticipated in uh, directly adjacent to the stadium, that they were making this uh, purchase option available to them. So they'll have uh, nine years after this original deal to exercise that option. That would give them another little over two and a half acres on the other side of the river for further development. Right. And it's also tied to there's a, 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 a piece of land uh, at McLean and Douglas um, where um, they – they sound like they're intending. If you saw the rendering that came out this week, there's a Ferris wheel there, right. and they're talking about a private amusement open to the public thing, but there's also an arm that could be commercial and retail. So the price for that other piece of land in the future is dependent upon what they actually do uh, there at what the city's calling the McLean Corridor. Um, so if it's the amusement uh, construction open to the public that would be uh, and this would be in annual installments over seven years but a total of 1.5 million uh, if they did the amusement thing and then 1 million if they did uh, the commercial and retail and the city would have to approve both of those um, and so there again so just an opportunity for more development um, it sounds like you know this group will probably have a lot uh, obviously on both sides of the river in right, the future. Right. Okay. So what's next? This is going to be a story that keeps on giving. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> First of all, we, I have to wonder the developers who look at this deal and see possible, if not probable development on both sides of a riverbank sides that haven't been developed in however many years of this city that are the most prime pieces of right. land. Right. And Wichita Baseball 2020, or I'm sorry, River, Wichita Riverfront, is getting it 
for a song. Mm -hmm. They're getting a pretty good deal here, no matter how you look at it. Is it a win for the city? Is it a win for the community? It very well may be. It's still a good price for Wichita Riverfront. Right. Uh, General obligation bonds have been talked about for the first time. That's not been talked about at all. And as Daniel and I were talking about today, I believe it was Mayor Longwell, maybe Lou Schweckheimer, who talked about needing more than a year to figure out air travel requirements for AAA Baseball City. Mm. If you'll remember, the original agreement back in September talked about a $200,000 or $250,000 subsidy uh, for air travel into the city. I got to think that means bigger jet service out of Dallas or Denver or wherever you see the smaller regional jets. They want the bigger planes to be able to come in because they're going to be bringing in AAA ball clubs, you know, twice a week or sending them out to the next stop. Right. So... There's a lot of stories to be done as, as we get, keep going. Keep watching wichitabusinessjournal.com, and we will have those stories for you. And we'll follow this, obviously, through to its uh, fruition and all the way up to the first batter coming up in 2020 for whatever we're going to call the Wichita baseball team. Daniel McCoy, Kirk Seminoff, thank you very much for being with us. And uh, we'll have uh, more on this again at the wichitabusinessjournal.com. So back in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours, so we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit EquityBank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for BizTalk with Bill Roy. This week, episode 94. Check out all our episodes at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing, especially the folks up in Portland, Christina and Suzanne up at the uh, Portland Business Journal, they've been talking to us and they can't wait for the next podcast to come out. We appreciate that. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.